We're here on the Exit 52 podcast for instant analysis week 16 after what could only be described as a predictable Ravens loss. Uh, Final score 41 for the Bengals, 21 for the Ravens. Just an ugly football game through and through. A frustrating one to watch if you're a Ravens fan. It's Banks here. Uh, Taylor is busy doing pinstripe bowl obligations, so it's just me and Eric here. Um, Just going to toss it to myself first. Um, Not a fun football game, like I said. It was uh, miserable to watch from beginning to end. Joe Burrow absolutely ate our lunch and then spat it up and ate it again. Um, Yeah, 575 yards uh, total offense given up by the Ravens. They literally did not force a punt all game, I don't think. Uh, Let me look at the the drive list here. Uh, There was a missed field goal towards the end there that they forced. Um, but yeah, there was, there were situations in this game where the Ravens looked like maybe they would have a chance to compete. The offense did as much as he could ask for. Um, ultimately they just couldn't go tit for tat and a shootout with the likes of Joe Burrow against, um, an even more decimated secondary, uh, Anthony Averett goes down early with an injury and becomes, I think the eighth of the top nine cornerbacks on the Ravens to, to be lost essentially for the year. So, um, yeah, things are as dire as they've ever been. This is, this was a huge game for AFC North implications. Um, those dreams are just about gone. Um, now the Ravens kind of shift their attention towards the wild card situation there. And it looks like they're going to have to run the table. So, um, from here it's, you know, we had the whole drama, you know, we talked four or five days ago, but it felt like two, three weeks ago, with the whole question of whether Lamar or Huntley were going to start. Now we're left with, um, I mean, a sudden Josh Johnson start, a guy who's been in the league for 14 years. Pretty incredible what he was able to do out there. Um, give this offense a chance, um, putting together some scoring drives, but um, man, it just wasn't anywhere near enough. And that's just kind of the, what you got to take away from this game. It's just, this was never going to be the Ravens day. No, and, and again, I mean, I, I know we've said this after pretty much a lot the, the last couple of weeks. You got to give credit. I mean, that first drive, Josh Johnson came down and looked. I texted you guys and I said, I wasn't being a smart ass. I said, the Ravens are going to do this, aren't they? Because it was like, holy shit, this is, this is kind of like the Packers where they come down and they're going to they're gonna put together a drive and they're like, you know, we're not going to back down. We're here to play. And that first drive, they looked awesome. I think Bateman had, what, four catches. Um, mm-hmm. He looked great. He had his first touchdown. And then I don't think he had a catch from there on out. Um, and again, I mean, Josh, you know, Josh Johnson on how many days of practice was it? Like, I mean, he he's been he, on the team for 11 days, 11 total. days. He found out yesterday morning. He said when James Urban called him and said, I think it was James Urban. Um, when he he said they called him and told him he was starting like halfway through Christmas morning. So, <laughs> I mean, you got to give him all the credit in the world for, again, he I, looked he, really good. He, I mean, really good. He looked better than – I remember he started a game versus the Titans a couple years ago with the Redskins, maybe 2017 or 2018, and he looked – I thought he looked awesome. And not awesome. I thought he looked much better today. Um, I know we saw him in action – is it a Thursday night game with the Jets earlier this year? Um, against the Colts, yeah. yeah he and came again, he, in in relief. After the Mike White injury, I believe. But, yeah, he didn't look – he didn't look bad that game. But this game, I mean, he looked poised. He didn't look scared. He was – I mean, he, he, he looked like he <clears> – <throat> He looked like he was comfortable. And, and again, I mean, it's the, 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 the deck was always stacked against the Ravens. I don't think there was any chance unless Joe Burrow, you know, suffered a catastrophic injury that they were going to lose this game. 
Um, I like obviously Josh Johnson is not going to go toe for toe with 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 Joe Burrow and the, and the weapons they have. Just again with how many cornerbacks and defensive players they have out, and then again add in you know Avery getting carted off with the chest injury. It's it's no no team doesn't matter who their coach is, who their quarterback is, what their what offensive style they do. No one is meant to have that many injuries, COVID list, whatever you want to say. It's, I mean, it's the Ravens, like I said, we've talked about it all year and I talk about it with the Titans. People, people thought I was trolling the other day when I said the Ravens and Titans are, you know, going head for head, toe to toe for the most, the most injuries. I mean, this, it's just, it's unbelievable how it's every week. It's every day. It's like, this is such a fluid situation where it's changing. You can't blame anyone. Like that's the thing. People were like, Oh, get the training staff out of here. There's too many soft, you know, the soft muscle injury. There's nothing you can do about this many injuries and, and all this stuff. So again, Joe Burrow, yeah, Joe Burrow, the, the, the unreal day, 525, the four touchdowns, T Higgins career day. I mean, they're going to do that. They were going to do that. They're just that good. But I mean, it went about as bad as it could for the Ravens today. And again, like we were just talking about at the end of the day, you look up, the Ravens are in a playoff spot. Like as bad, they've been kicked. They've been beaten. They're, I mean, they're getting the shit kicked out of them. They're getting their teeth kicked in. And you get up and you dust yourself off and you're like, guess what? We got it. We, we, we advance. Because, like, yeah, we, we are closer. We have a ticket to the dance. In some ways, even though mathematically, like, this was our best chance to try to steal this game to make, you know, this was our meal ticket potentially. Um, yeah, it's – I wouldn't say that everything went wrong for the Ravens, but they're just not nothing went right or not enough bounces went their way. Like – just to back this thing up a little bit, because, you know, like I said, four days ago, we did a preview of sorts under certain assumptions and then going, you know, all these things change over the handful of days where, you know, it wasn't just uh, the switch at quarterback, but I mean, Justin Houston and, and Matt BK and like all these other guys were missing too from, you know, put on the COVID list. So, um, and, you know, you're seeing that all across the league, but it just feels like it's that much worse because they're just, you know, you build a lot of depth on a football team and that's been more than tested with the Ravens this year. And we're kind of past, you know, the planning stage when it comes to like, Oh, this guy's second or third on the depth chart. We can trust on him to come in and a bind or come in and hold things together when everybody is on that level in every skill position group and like all these things. Um, it's just, it's frustrating. So when I woke up this morning, I'm thinking about like how do the Ravens compete in this game? I mean, what has to go right for them to have a chance to me? That was Josh Johnson had to play exceptionally well, which I think we got, I mean, we could not have asked more out of him today. Um, we had to get a defensive or special teams touchdown. We probably needed a fourth down, you know, turnover on downs or something like that. Um, we probably needed to, to work, at least one fake or trick play or something, you know, innovative or something, you know, one of those things that you do to steal a football game. I mean, even like an, a surprise onside kick, just something crazy, you know. Just, like a Sam Cook, yeah, you're looking for the Sam Cook fake punt throw to get to get the guy's juices going a little bit. Correct. There you just there's certain things that just go into like the theft of a football game, and they got basically none of them. And they had to get some probably some some bounces, maybe some fumble luck, maybe. Uh, some beneficial officiating, which, you know, you can always make a case will go one week or one week and the other, the other week, the, the best opportunity this team had, I felt to stay in this game and stay competitive was in that couple of minutes stretch there towards the end of the first half. Um, 
I mean, they had the opportunity where they got them to a fourth and goal on the one. If they stuffed them on that, they found a way to get that stop of the goal line. It just at least like proves to your guys like, Hey, like they're not going to go down there and score every single time on us. Like, even if they go all the way down to the one, like it's still like beyond just keeping the points off the board, but like there's something extra to that. That's just motivational. And them having that Joe Mixon punch that in, I think was a little bit of a, um, not a backbreaker, but one that takes a little wind out of your sails. Um, then of course the, the, the third and 16 catch, you know, John Harbaugh calls a timeout thinking, Hey, we just had a great drive to cut this to 24 to 14. We'd love to keep the Bengals off the scoreboard. Then we got to a point where we got the sack, got him to third and 16. And it's like, holy shit, like we might have a chance to get the ball here before half score again, at least a field goal with Justin Tucker. And then get the ball at a half down one score. You know, you're right back in the football game at that point. And so Harbaugh calls a timeout. Joe Burrow throws up an absolute prayer. T Higgins makes a phenomenal catch. If you catch, maybe not a catch. I don't know. Like regardless, it was an awesome effort. He was in double coverage you want to hope that your guys are going to play the ball better or make that more difficult. The ball hit the ground. The ball moved some. There was reason to say, oh, his hand was under it. Oh, that was him transferring his control in some way. I I don't know. You could dissect it all kinds of ways. I could tell you this much. Whichever way the original call was, that was going to stick. And so you could say it was a bad break by saying – that was just the original call from a referee that probably couldn't see the play very well. Um, so that's a tough break. And then getting the interception um, by, um, gosh, what Wondry, what Worley, fucking Worley. These names that just keep coming through here are just it's hard to keep up. Um, kind of ticky tack. I mean, it's a holding call. I don't know if you saw that play. I know you're watching Red Zone most of the day, but like, I did see it, yeah. Like, <sighs> I've seen that not called plenty of times. I've seen games where that standard is not called whatsoever. There are certainly some opportunities here. And there was even one before then that I thought was kind of soft that they had called against the Ravens that turned like a first and 15 situation where we had them behind the sticks a little bit. And then they get the free first down, go down the field. And I think that's the one that punched it on fourth down. Um, But anyways, like that interception was – a big momentum shifter potentially. And of course, no, it's wiped off the board. They scored the touchdown and it was over that coming out of halftime, 31, 14, like, and then punting obviously is, is, you know, kind of smooths that over. Like that's a, okay, this game is definitely over. Um, but it, like, like I said, this was a game where everything had to go right sequentially. You had to have all these boxes checked of ways you steal a game and and really the only thing we got was the quarterback play. Yeah. Again, I mean, I, Johnson, I, I'm with you. I thought it was very impressive. Um, my, my biggest takeaway from the game is Mark Andrews is, is um, he's, he's a monster. And I know there was talk, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago about like we pay in the big bucks and he doesn't make the catches and, you know, he's his last, what, three or four games. So you look at it, he's looking at 375 yards. I mean, he's, <laughs> He's putting up arguably not just the best – he's easily the best tight end season in Ravens history. He may have the best receiving season in, in Ravens history. And I know, obviously, that's not, not what people really want to hear. Like, that, no one gives a shit about that. Um, but, I mean, he, he's, he's in a league of his own right now. It's like, you know, it's him, Kelsey, and Kittle. I think you kind of put them one, two, three, however, however you want to. Um, 
I, I thought he was really good today. Um, again, I, I thought Johnson Johnson played about as well as you could have expected him to. But I mean, Andrew, the, the way Andrews, I, I think you tweeted about it. How if you think that they were going to lie down or, or, or you know, let them get run all over, Mark Andrews doesn't let that happen. Um, again, yeah, this- and I think that's what you have to do from a guy like him who is probably looked at as a leader on the team. One of the guys he's he seems to be of a more rah rah you know fiery guy and again when he's setting that example of you know it doesn't matter we're getting our teeth kicked in like we you know you keep playing until the whistle and I think I think he's an awesome he's had an awesome year and again it's like he's just shows up every single week yeah he it was the it was the the drive right before halftime where um I guess it wasn't right before because the Bengals got the ball back and all that shit but um it was that drive where it's like, okay, either the Ravens are out of this game or they're going to give themselves some lives here, some life here. And they, you know, I think they converted like a third and 10, a third and 12, and a third and 12 on that drive or something like that. And, you know, a couple of them were Mark Andrews, you know, bowling over a couple guys and getting gang tackled, but not even going down. And then, like, you know, they, they say play through the whistle. He was playing like two, three seconds past the whistle in some ways. And that just is an attitude setter and exactly what you said. I think guys, especially when guys are signed off the street or guys are like, you know, playing, you know, have a jersey on for the first, second, third time in their lives. And they're looking to a guy and it's like, oh, that's the difference between an NFL player and I don't know, an XFL or, player, or, arena football or, or mm-hmm. college, you know, the SEC, you know, whatever. Like, that's what a real, you know, professional football player looks like. It just kind of sets a tone for people. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's had his fair share of, a, of big moments of slipped through his fingers. Um, but you look at games like this and you understand, like, he can win you games just by being who he is. It's, it makes you question, like, is Lamar, is Lamar maximizing the way he, you know, is this – is it because Huntley and Johnson – just are so new and they, they just don't have a rapport with these guys. Like maybe Lamar does to the point where he's like, that's my guy. I'm just going to throw it up to, or I'm just going to like look to him. He's, I just key on him. And if, if I get in trouble, I know he's a guy at least I can throw it in the area of, and he might be able to come up with it. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, like, I know I used to always try and draft um, tight ends that had rookie quarterbacks because it's like, they're not running, you know, 40 yards down the field. They're kind they're, 10 yards in a comeback they're they're staying close and it's like okay they can get comfortable they can I mean you always heard about the Jason Witten and, and Tony Romo like the guys get comfortable with their tight ends and they just seem to go to him and go to him and yeah maybe maybe Huntley and and Johnson are like you know I know where Andrews is going to be he's not gonna be 35 yards downfield running the post like Hollywood or you know Bateman or someone like that yeah maybe maybe I don't know because again that doesn't that conversation is going to get brought up and it's going to be used as a weapon against Lamar. Like is Lamar not utilizing the, the best tight end in football? And that's going to turn into a whole nother, you know, another big thing. Yeah. I mean, but there's plenty of history of those two. Oh, absolutely. There's absolutely dunking on teams. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another thing too. And I know, I'm sure we talked about it. The game, the earlier Bengals game, these Bengals, man, they're, they're scary. They're, they're very scary. And again, they can have it on any given day. There's been days this year where they're, they just don't show up or they're just not with it. Or I don't know, maybe, maybe the opposing coaches throw something at, at them and they just don't adjust well, but there are days where they just are not there. But then when they're on, they're fucking good. They're about as scary as an offense as there is in the NFL. And I mean, 
I'm, I'm looking at the box score now. You've got T. Higgins, 12 catches, 194 yards, two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, seven for 125. Tyler Boyd, three for 85 and a touchdown. Joe Mixon had six for 70 and a touchdown. Like, when's the last time a team had four receivers with over 70 yards? I mean, that's, that's like a college – that's like an Oklahoma, Texas Tech, that Baker and, 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 and Mahomes game. Like, you just don't yeah. – you don't see that, that, like, an offense like that in the, in the NFL. It's unbelievable. And like you said, I mean, we've seen, we've seen them be as bad as, 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 as you can look. And, I mean, the Ravens have been on probably the, the, the other end of their, the, the Bengals' two guess, best games of the year. Um, and I know it was kind of brought up after the game, and it seemed that all the Ravens squashed it, but – you know, people talking about – I mean, it's, it's not even people. It's Mike Florio kind of pulling it out of his ass that Harbaugh was mad, you know, which, again, he didn't back up with any substance. No, he didn't. It's I mean, typical he, Florio. I saw somebody as, as soon as the Burrow pass was made, it's like, oh, this game is officially on uh, Harbaugh-Taylor handshake Harbaugh yeah. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, okay. Um, didn't really see anything from what you could see of the players and all that on field after the game, and then – Sure enough, I see Florio say the thing, and I'm like, oh, great. Like, where's the actual quote? I'm going to have really enjoy this whole narrative. And then I'm waiting, and I don't see anything. And then I see the clip of Harbaugh pretty much not having a reaction whatsoever. He mm-hmm. just honestly didn't give a shit, and nor should he. I mean, he, he would also look like a hypocrite if he did. But at the same time, like, come on, we're grown men playing professional football. It's one man's job to stop the other. Like, yeah, it's a game of pride, but – like, got to look at yourself in the mirror first. Yeah, and, and I didn't really see any of the fans on Twitter bitching and complaining about it. Um, I think we're past that. Like, I think – again, I think – was it – who was it? T, was it? There was some quote, and I think from someone on the Bengals who was like – I think it may have been Joe Mixon. And he was like, we've been on the other side of that a bunch of times. Like, we know what it feels like. But, again, like, it's, it's our job to go out and score. So, yeah, I, I thought that was Florio – really trying to make something out of nothing it really reaching there queen had a good quote about it you know I, 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 it seemed like the ravens I, every quote from the ravens was perfect on it so yeah i like because i was like oh shit here we go this is going to add fuel to the fire and then it was like oh no it seems like that fire got put out pretty quick i, I get that i get a sense that the team has a very strong sense of what the situation at hand is not just like, okay, these games are important and they have to be won at a certain point and in order to make the playoffs and survive. But also I feel like there's a very strong understanding of like, you know, this is just a really tough situation and these guys are trying their best. And they're, I think they're rightfully at times holding their heads up high through a lot of, you know, challenging situations. And um, that sounds super uh, moral victory, snowflake-ish or whatever people want to call it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, there's something to be said about that because, you know, if you're not playing well, people pointing fingers, like that's a sign of a, of a shaky, you know, culture or, or locker room or, you know, things can just fracture from there. This feels like a team that just knows it's taking its lickings and there's not much they can do about it. They're doing the best they can with the situation. And there may be some – you know, desire to just kind of get this season over with to a degree, but like they know that next year, like it's on like these, this organization, the, the, the extended roster with the, you know, everybody on injury reserve, whatever, it's a Super Bowl roster. I mean, that's, I don't know that there's many who could make a, a coherent case that it's anything otherwise. I mean, the, the each position group, 
And even the ones that looked weak going into the season are potentially strengths, or at least there's a lot of questions answered. I'm thinking wide receivers when I say that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's great pieces, you know, in place for this team to do great things. This just isn't the year. It's just sucks, but it's just not. Yeah, and again, it sucks to kind of have to admit that. And, like, you know, I mean, I've rooted for teams where it's like that. It's, it's just you got to just, yeah, again, tip your hat. Hey, they've played a hell, you know, they've played a hell of a, a schedule so far. And, again, that extra week. I mean, it, it's just it's just making it that much more difficult. But yeah, there's there's nothing you can do. It's not like it's not like these are self inflicted wounds. It's it's just it's sports. It's life. Like it's it's just what happens. Some some teams get super healthy and and never have an injury, and it just that's how it works out. Some teams get absolutely decimated by it. Twenty nineteen, we like probably not talked enough about, but the injury luck of that season was some of the literally some of the best that football's ever seen like the stats back that up and uh by the way all the same coaches strength conditioning like all those people were there in 2019 as they are now so like you know to your point earlier that's it's just a ridiculous thing to go after those guys and say like oh there's it's football shit happens i think people are just mad and again when when a team is not living up to their expectations because I know we've talked about it, but going into the season, I think it was Super Bowl. There was a Super Bowl buzz. There was, a, there was a, an idea of a Super Bowl, and rightfully so, just like there's going to be next year, like you just said. And people want – when stuff goes wrong like this, people are mad. People are frustrated. They want heads to roll. And, again, it's, a, it, I, it's an overreaction because it's just – that's the natural thing that people do is, like, I need a change. I need, I need a change right now, and, and something has to change. And it's like, well, we'll pump the brakes. Because, no, it doesn't. Like, you know, you know what teams fire bad coaches on a whim? The Giants, you know, the Jets, teams like that. Like, it, it, it's not going to fix anything. It's going to put you in a deeper hole more times than not. Obviously, 2012, the Ravens did that, and it kind of sparked them. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a weird season. You probably, you'll probably never see another season like this again, injury and COVID-wise. Um, at least you hope not. But, you know, again – the end of the day, the Ravens are going to wake up tomorrow morning in a playoff spot after getting their doors blown off and, and giving up the fourth most yards in, in, in NFL history. So it's like you can't – you still got a date and you still got a ticket to the dance. So. Yeah, they just – situation at hand, uh, two home games to finish out, the Los Angeles Rams who have, I don't know, probably bear some resemblances in terms of skill level with the Bengals in terms of what they could do. They're sem- somewhat – tendency to be inconsistent where they have weeks where they're just not there, but other weeks where they're just on fire. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have some more, like more confidence going in that game for sure than I do going on the road. Like I, like they just did in Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is a tough place to play. I don't even know that they ever sell out. Um, But I have some more assurances because of the home crowd. Um, in Baltimore and the way, I mean, we just nearly the same team just um, went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. So like there's, there's definitely still enough there where at home, big situation, like we can go win a game against uh, a team that like, I don't know if there's still some uh, residual, like who's your daddy over them. Like two years ago, like just, we absolutely sunned them so bad on Monday night football. Like, is there still a little bit of, maybe some juju or some bad blood between the two teams from that. I don't know. But um, I, I think we can, we can give ourselves a shot. I think as 
I'm still just dead set on the fact and nothing changed in their game for me to think otherwise. Pittsburgh's like there to be had in week 18. Like I feel great about us facing them in whatever scenario at this point, just Mm -hmm. that team just needs to be put to death. Yeah. Um, I mean, not too different from us at this point, but um, (laughs) that Rams game is everything. Like the percentages say like playoff odds go up to about 90% of the Ravens run the table. And like I said, the Steelers, piece of the puzzles should bear itself out. Um, and then we just got to steal a game against the Rams. So, yeah. And, and the big, I mean, the big storyline this week and is, is, is the Lamar is what's, what's going to happen with Lamar and is he going to play? I mean, it was a roller coaster this week. They kind of squashed it, I guess on Christmas on Saturday being like, he's that he's out and they squashed it. Like, Oh, well maybe if Josh Johnson gets hurt, he can come in by them being like, he's not even going. He's not even trapped. Yeah, he's not yeah, dressed. So. Who, oh, Kenji Bahar. Yeah, that's uh, – what's his name? Taylor, Taylor's Calvert Hall brother. Um, yeah, right. But, I um, mean, that's, that's, that's what it's going to – I mean, this is the biggest Ravens game in, in, in a long time, regular season Ravens game in a long time. I guess since the one against Cleveland in 2018. Yeah. But um, in terms of just regular season, this game means this. This, um, this, is, this basically is the regular season. Like – Obviously, we'll know more after Monday night um, with the Dolphins game. But if the if the Dolphins win and the Ravens lose next week, is it pretty much over for them, or they're they're just gonna have to get a, a ton of help? They're gonna have to win on week eighteen and then just get a boatload of help. I'm guessing. If the um, Ravens lose to the Rams, say the Dolphins win on Monday. Yeah, if the if the Ravens lose to the Rams, then there's. I think the percentage is say like 10% chance where you got to beat the Steelers and that percentage jumps up to like 15%. So there's a, like a whole another 85% of like probability in which the right things need to happen. I, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's a tough scenario for sure. Yeah, so. ab- absolutely. Again, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's cliche and coach talk as it sounds like the next game, the most important game is the next game. Yeah. So that, like I kind of said before, I love the way the team battled today, even though they're getting their asses handed to them. Like, I think that just goes to show that they're, they're not just going to fold and they're going to show up next week and give it their best. And if they don't, I don't think anybody's going to, going to be too pissed about it. I think they're, you know, the fans will be behind the team. That's something you always want. Cause I'm, you know, regardless of the way the next two games go, I'm still sitting there week one next week thinking Super Bowl. Like, that's the type of roster we have in place, and there's a lot of questions to be answered regarding it and things we can do to improve, whatever. But I still – we have that kind of team. And so, I don't know. We just – it's just one of those years, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'll say one last thing, and then we can probably head out. The 12-on-12 penalty was one of the funniest things I've seen. That was great. Like, that was just silly. That I was mean, so funny. <laughs> I didn't – I didn't know whether to be mad or upset or whatever, but then they you come to find they get their down back, which is I could go on for days about that. I just don't I don't ever think I've seen a twelve on twelve penalty. Like I've just because on on red zone again they're like oh you know Joe Burrow sacked blah 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 they're gonna you know they're gonna kick it and then it's like oh there's a challenge flag in the Bengals game it's like what are they I was like oh maybe he fumbled I guess he fumbled like maybe he was strip sacked and then they're like no twelve men on the field for both teams. Replay it down. She's like, I've, you've never that, – that's JV football. You know? Yeah, and if it felt like they were definitely going to convert that 
third down retry. And um, right from there, it would have felt like, oh, this game just already getting away from us. Like, <laughs> this, like, of course, nothing can go right for the Ravens this On year. Some weird fluke penalty like that. Ridiculous. So that's kind of where the Ravens are at. They're eight and seven. Somehow started a day out of the playoffs, ended it in it, but everything would be changed by all the games between now and the end. Um, but that's where we leave it. Um, it's a 52 podcast here. We'll be uh, doing an episode probably Tuesday, release Wednesday, we think, um, previewing that game. So um, that's it for this week. Week 16, it's analysis. Ravens lose big time in, in Cincinnati, 41.1.